Okay, uh, and here we are in this very first episode of this show that I am creating. But I guess I guess I should start by introducing myself with my own name. Uh, my name is Brandon Pudwell. I am uh, a university freshman, but you know, uh, I do have a little bit more planned to uh, describe about myself. Uh, and you know, in this very first episode of this show that I have titled uh, the Creative Outlet Podcast, otherwise known as the Cop, the COP, you know, whatever we end up preferring in this experience. Um, so uh, I guess it would be best to start this off by describing what exactly uh, is this show. Um, and this is going to be a podcast for me to uh, get creative and do something that I uh, personally am interested doing uh, in doing between some normal work, which of course raises the question, uh, why a podcast of all things? Well, uh, I think about in uh, the things that I like to do, the things that I know how to do, and speaking is definitely my greatest strength. In, in a sense, acting, it is something that we will see uh, as we continue on this podcasting experience, because I have a flair for the dramatic arts, but I've never been skilled in things like drawing or um, even many sports. Now, granted, I could certainly practice uh, at those to become more skilled, but it's they're just not uh, things that I've been particularly interested in doing. But I have always found myself uh, coming back here to the media-based arts. Um, uh, so looking at some of the other basic questions that I suppose I should answer about this uh, piece of media before we continue, before I continue to making many, many, many episodes. What sorts of things do I want to talk about? So let me be honest with us starting this off. Uh, this podcast isn't going to be particularly innovative. Uh, really, it's going to be mostly about things that, you know, I want to talk about. So here's some things that I plan to discuss. You know, they go with my interest, things like uh, video games, if you couldn't tell from uh, the shelf behind me, um, even to extent, uh, television, if that ever becomes, uh, relevant, because I do have some interest in TV, but it's really not, um, my greatest interest, um, you know, things that are happening in everyday life, I'm definitely going to be talking about that a bit here, uh, and something that I want to discuss further down the line in, uh, making these episodes are some political science topics, because, uh, that's really my greatest interest area, that is, uh, the degree that I am currently pursuing after all. And, and plus, you know, political science really affects us every day. So it's something that I definitely want to get into. But the reason I'm saving uh, political science-y topics for later rather than uh, starting it right now is because I don't want this show to be politically polarizing, especially here at the start. You know, I don't want it to, or want, uh, you all out there as the audience to be like, nah, nah, Brandon, I don't like him because he has a certain political ideology that I'm not. You know, because I strongly believe that if uh, you all as listeners are able to relate to me on other topics like, you know, video games, for example, or, uh, you know, TV, movies, that sort of stuff, just, or even just general things, things that are happening in our everyday lives, that it is easier for you to be accepting and understanding of the places that I may come from and 
uh, pot potentially persuade you on uh, any of the issues that I care about, the positions that I have on them. So I don't want to get too much into that right now. Um, but down the line, you're definitely going to see me talking about, uh, let's see, like the date that I'm recording this is January 11th, 2020. You know, if this, if this were like the, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure how many episodes I want to go into before I'm like, okay, we're crossing that threshold. We're going to talk about like a current event. Um, but, you know, let's just say this is maybe like the 20th episode or something. I was like, okay, we're going to cross that line. We're going to talk about a current event, but it, we're still somehow today's date. We'd be talking about things like how um, uh, the recent assassination of uh, Iranian General Soleimani or, of course, uh, the impeachment proceedings and how they're going to be uh, potentially heading to the Senate pretty soon. But uh, that's not something I really want to discuss uh, at the moment. Now, uh, probably the biggest, most important question you're wondering as a potential audience is how frequently am I going to be releasing episodes? So the thing about this show, right, is it is a hobby. I'm not relying on this to support me financially. So my goal, my goal right now, okay, is to post a minimum of one new episode at least every two weeks or so but we're going to really see how it goes because um <clears throat> uh going into a bit about myself one of the things that i talked about is uh that i am a university student now I, well okay let, let's just back up first a second here it's like we're gonna be talking here a bit about myself but i'm not gonna reveal too much because i you know, a lot of things that you're going to learn about me are just going to be revealed through uh, the process of, you know, doing this show normally, right? Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about things like news, uh, general topics, and just I'll reveal more about myself through the process of that. Um, but some things I want to talk about right now. I am a university student from the state of Wisconsin in the United States of America. I don't want to re reveal exactly where I am uh, at the moment, especially in the case of uh, this particular studio because I am currently uh, pretty much about at the end of my winter break, so the next time I even think about recording one of these, I'm going to be back at the dorms, so you're going to be seeing a totally different place uh, from where I am right now with a completely different background, so, you know, as great as this is, don't get too used to it because it's going to be changing pretty soon here. Um, but suffice it to say, the reason that I uh, bring up the fact that I am uh, both from Wisconsin and a university student is uh, that I will be discussing probably a bit more about um, potential Wisconsin-related topics than elsewhere. You know, I'm not from Arizona, so I'm not going to talk about Arizonan things unless I think it's super important or interesting. Uh, and of course, the topic of being a university student really ties into, well, how often am I going to work on these things? Because uh, ultimately my goal with this is to um, release these when they are ready, when they are complete and uh, hit the table there, when they're complete and ready to go and not like, oh, I'm just going to try to churn something out because I need to make something because that's no fun and they're not going to be nearly as good. So, uh yeah, the goal is to have something every couple of weeks, but ultimately we're going to see how that ends up going.
Okay, well, uh, yeah, we just, um, you know, it's the first episode and we're already having tech problems. The, uh, camera battery for the video portion of this died, so, uh, you know, I just let the battery charge up for about half an hour. Fortunately, uh, I've got two here, so I have the other one over in the wall way off frame still charging, and I have one in the camera right now. I mean, okay. This isn't really my own camera. This is um, uh, this is a friend's camera. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It happens. We're just gonna pick up where we left off. So um, oh, what was I talking about last? Oh yes, we were talking about who am I? Your lovely host, your hostest with the mostest, me, Brandon. Pudwill. So uh, we talked about how I'm from Wisconsin, uh, how I'm a college student. Um, so why don't we just go about uh, a little bit more uh, trivia about myself. So uh, another place that I lived when I was younger was um, actually in southern central Pennsylvania, right about uh, around uh, Harrisburg, which is the capital of the state. I would imagine most people know that, but, you know, it never hurts to brush up on that information. So I might end up discussing some things uh, that happen around there. You never know. You might, my, there might be some interesting news that comes out of there that I'm like, ooh, I'm from there. I want to talk about, well, I was from there. Uh, I want to talk about that. That, that sounds interesting. Uh, plus, I mean, you know, uh, like I talked about earlier with being a political science-y person, Pennsylvania is one of the uh, original fo original <laughs> founding states, so uh, I can see many um, interesting political things coming out of there. Uh, let's go back into some of my interests. So like I said, I love video games. They uh, Like out of every media, you know, well, let's see, we have like movies, television, music, um you could argue internet videos and then of course uh video games like i have up here and then i have some down here out of frame that you can't see right up here um uh comes uh, is the collection for out of the current gen hardware the one uh that i own my favorite one in the year 2020 which is the nintendo switch so you have games all of my games are organized up here in order in which i got them um and, you know, I guess I, I don't really want to go on the story right now of, like, how I came to own this system, but I guess I can talk about um, why exactly out of the three main systems this one is my favorite one. So, uh, going into some of my background about me, something else that's back here, just below the TV, that I'm blocking so you can't see it, uh, is the uh, the very first game console that I ever played, you know. This is in like 2004 or 5-ish. I remember having the opportunity with uh, my father to play his Super Nintendo Entertainment System with uh, the three big games that I'm the most nostalgic for on that system playing with him being Super Mario World. I mean, it came with every system, so no matter what, I was going to play Super Mario World and it is awesome. I don't need to tell you that. You should already know that. If you haven't played Super Mario World, just just pause the video and go play Super Mario World. It is the quintessential 
best 2D Mario game, in my opinion. Uh, some people argue Super Mario Brothers 3. I say they're wrong. No, okay, they're not wrong. They just have a different opinion. I prefer Super Mario World to uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, very, like, by a long shot. Um, but Super Mario Brothers 3 certainly isn't bad. Uh, and the other two games were... Uh, Donkey Kong Country, again, another classic. It's interesting. In recent years, I've seen I've seen a lot less interest in Donkey Kong Country with a lot of people, uh, again, thinking about it as like, ooh, it was just big and great for the graphics. People love the graphics, which is very upsetting because the level design in uh, the entire trilogy is actually very, very proficient. Um, very, It's very good. I quite enjoy it. Um, and the only one he had was the original Donkey Kong Country, the one with Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong, um, which barely had any tracking of, like, the bonus rooms, and they were super cryptic. So by no means am I going to say that the original Donkey Kong Country uh, is the best game in the trilogy out of the, well, out of all five games. My personal favorite, just because it's so unique, is probably Donkey Kong Country 3, actually. I know, unpopular opinion. I could definitely be swayed to pick one of the other ones. Um, but I just enjoy how unique Donkey Kong Country 3 is. But I will always have the nostalgia for the original Donkey Kong Country just sitting here. Well, okay, well, not here. Sitting out at out in Pennsylvania playing it for the first time with my dad. That was... That, that's a, mem a memory that I'm always going to keep with me. And then that has transferred into my love for the current hardware that I have sitting behind me. And, and another reason, I guess, looking uh, particularly particularly at the uh, Nintendo Switch piece uh, of hardware is I've always been more of a portable handheld gamer. And that's actually for a bit of a variety of reasons now. The very first piece of gaming hardware that I was able to personally own was a Nintendo DS Lite in 2007. It was the Onyx Black model. Uh, I received it as a birthday present from my grandfather with Yoshi's Island DS and Big Brain Academy. And I still have the original copies in the original boxes to this day. I don't know if I lost the manuals because I was a stupid seven-year-old kid who didn't care about that stuff, but now that I'm a stupid almost 20 year old man i do care about that stuff so if i don't have them i will find copies of them but i'm pretty sure i still do have them um anyway yeah so that, that was the very first um game platform that i personally owned and i fell in love with it i loved i mean just between those two games i probably I actually don't know which one I've played more between Yoshi's Island DS and um, Big Brain Academy, but I know for sure, like, I played those two a bunch, and then, you know, I got New Super Mario Brothers, the game that everybody had for the Nintendo DS. Almost everyone had it. Um, Mario Kart DS, classic. Love that game. I mean, the thing about Mario Kart, though, is that it's so hard to go back to old ones. I would love to go back and play... Uh, Mario Kart DS, but for me, it, it's so hard. Even another one, Mario Kart Wii, for me, is super hard to go back to after having played future entries, um, particularly 
Um, well, I mean, let's pick it out right out here since I've been gesturing up to this library so many times, particularly after playing uh, this entry. This is, of course, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, as you can see in the camera. My favorite entry in the series. I played the original Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. This is the same game, but just with, you know, a few more things. Uh, Splatoon characters in actual battle modes. That helps with arenas, uh, more battle modes. Um, all of the DLC from the original Mario Kart 8 added to the games and new characters. A fantastic game. Possibly the best game on the, on the Nintendo Switch. It's not the one that I would pick, but I can definitely see why people would pick it as the best game. Though, of course, it also loses some points in my book because it is just a glorified Wii U re-release, which is kind of sad. I would have preferred a brand new Mario Kart, but, you know, this also came out in the very first year of the Nintendo Switch and has been strong ever since. And I can't say I don't like it because it is my favorite Mario Kart. Um, and uh, Let me put this back first, so I might have a... Uh, uh, a second of silence while I'm looking away, and we're good. Um, you know, let's see, looking at other games. A lot of Mario. That's that's one of the big things about me. I've always been uh, a Mario person, like what I, I thought I talked about with um, Super Mario World being one of the first games uh, that I ever played. You know, games like uh, so other DS games that are like Mario vs. Donkey Kong 2, Mario vs. Donkey Kong Mini Land Mayhem is the other one on the system. Um, and it's really interesting. So, like, uh, I have my computer up here that I'm using to look at my notes, which is very helpful. You know, I have a list of, like, uh, systems with games I'm still looking for. And the set of <laughs> DS games that I have bookmarked as, like, here are ones that I'm, I want to get someday, is even longer than, like, the Nintendo Switch, like I said, which is the current piece of hardware. Now, to be fair, uh, when, it, when looking at the uh, Switch list that I have in these bookmarks here, it's only for physical games. If you include digital games, obviously it's quite a bit longer. Um, but the DS game list is so long because there's so many good games in the Nintendo DS. Uh, one of the ones that... Um, I say this as if I got into it super recently, but like a couple of years back, uh, I actually got into the Ace Attorney series. So that's one that, uh, that that's definitely a game that we're going to be talking about here, uh, whether it's going to be in news or like my experiences with the series. Um, that's going to be a hard one because, you know, it's very story based and I definitely don't want to give uh, spoilers to people who want to play it. Um, now, let's just see. Looking, Oh, another one. I recently tried out... Uh, Trauma Center Under the Knife for the Nintendo DS. Um, and I actually have a couple of the games on the Wii here that I have uh, down uh, below me that I've yet to play. Uh, primarily because I, act, I... So I started with Trauma Center Under the Knife, even though it's the third game I got. I got uh, New Blood first and then purchased um, Second Opinion, which is uh, the Wii re-release of Under the Knife. Um, but I, the reason I started with Under the Knife instead of just going right into um, Second Opinion is because I want to gain an appreciation for the way that the the DS version plays because I hear the I hear the the Wii version is better in pretty much every single way, which I, I I'm inclined to believe that that's true, but I want to. I want to gain an appreciation for the DS version, you know, because it's, I'm sure it's still a perfectly good game. You know, it, it certainly can't be terrible, but 
um, given that the console version likely uh, blows it out of the water, I still want to be able to give the DS version uh, its own fair shake. And the only way I feel like I can really do that is by playing it first. But I'm probably going to play Under the Knife, then try out um, Second Opinion. You know, I'm going to play the first game, and then I'm going to play the first game again on console, <laughs> uh, and then move on to New Blood. Um, but before trying out Trauma Team, I, I mean, I, I haven't even seen Trauma Team in public, or like a physical copy of it, so you know, we'll fig I'll figure out how I'm going to get that game. Uh, but in between, I will want to try uh, Under the Knife 2 on the DS, just to see, like, okay, now that I've played the Wii version, how much, how much more obtuse is the adjective I want to use? How much more obtuse is it going to be uh, going back to the DS version? Like, how much better is it actually on the Wii? Uh, so I think that's about the extent of uh, my gaming interests I want to discuss. Um, you know, like I said... Nintendo is probably my favorite. I, that's not uh, out of the console manufacturers. Not to, that's not to say there's anything wrong with PlayStation and Xbox. I mean, I have a PS2 back here behind me too. Um, but I, I've just never had the same uh, sort of connection that I've had with either of those brands that I've had um, uh, with Nintendo systems, which is definitely why I have that um, bias of mine. Um, and, you know, in some ways I feel like that's unfortunate, but that's, there's, it's definitely also just simple personal preferences coming out too. Um, and, you know, I would certainly love to get into other hardware at, uh, a later time. Like I'm, I, I say this now, right at the end of the PS4 era, um, almost getting into the PlayStation 5, but I love, I love to get a PS4 or a PS5 and start trying out some of the games on there, but, I just feel like since I get so much more out of having a handheld experience with my console experience that if there's a, if a game is multi-platform, there's a Switch version, even if it is objectively in every merit other than its portability, the worst looking version, that's probably the one I'm going to pick up because wouldn't it be great to be able to play something like I don't know. This isn't a game that I would. Well, actually, you know, I could just take some of the a uh, couple of the games I have in this collection behind me that are multi-platform. Like, uh, let's say I have Sonic Forces and Team Sonic Racing. Oh, and Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. We'll talk about that game another time. But today is not the day that we talk about Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. But you know, the point is, all of those games, the Switch versions, are objectively the worst version in every metric, whether it's like load time, graphics um, frame rate, um, but I still bought that as opposed to waiting and, uh, getting a version on, say, the PlayStation 4 Pro or the Xbox One X, because I like having it portably. I, I like being able to just be like, uh, let's see, I'm on a long car ride here. Why don't I just, uh, play a couple of races in Team Sonic Racing. That sounds good, you know? Uh, let's see. So, again, yeah, I think that I think that covers the uh, general interest in gaming that I have right now. But obviously, we're going to discuss that quite a bit more as we just go through uh, this podcast. And what's another thing about me? I don't watch a ton of TV and movies. And that's not to say that, like, TV and movies are bad and stupid. I just... 
I'd honestly rather watch a lot more of what's happening on YouTube. Um, particularly because I feel like a lot of what's made on there is a lot more genuine. That's, that's, that's some, definitely something about me is I, I hate things that feel totally like fake and like manufactured because they just feel gross. And I don't know if that's a concept that's necessarily going to make sense or if it's something that people are going to agree with me on, but, like, ugh. I, like, I think about things like even something as simple as, like, all of the greeting stuff when I started up college. It's just, like, doing stuff like, oh, God, it was, like, it was like the chancellor's convocation, and she's like, this is the only time until graduation that all of you will be in the same room with each other. It's like, ew, ew, that's, gr I don't know. It's, it feels gross. It feels fake, like we're trying to build up this fake sort of community. And that, that's kind of the way that I feel with some TV and movies is like, obviously it's meant to be fiction. I know, I know it's fiction. I know that for sure. But like, it just feels kind of gross for some reason I, again i don't know if that makes any sense that might just be a me thing it might just you know me being dumb but I, I i'm very particular with what i want to watch on tv so i like some of the what are some of the things i want to get into i really want to watch the ducktales reboot because well i don't know if that if you can uh, see it. Oh, they're over here. I have the three volumes on DVD of the original 1980s DuckTales series. And I, I've only actually ever watched them through once. I found it very hard to even want to go back and watch it through a second time. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why that is, but I feel like the times that I have chosen to be like, oh, you know, let's, uh, maybe I'll want to watch an episode. And then I'm just like, oh. I don't know. It's not as good the second time uh, through. And I can't really put my finger on why I feel that way. Uh, but the new series, the episodes that I have seen, have definitely made me be like, ooh, I want to see more of this. This is really interesting. Um, a lot of the TV I actually watch, <laughs> you know, kind of how I had ended up talking about, like, I want to watch some of the things that are on YouTube. I just happen to see, like, clips of stuff on the internet that just gets recommended to me. I'm like, uh, sure, let's watch this. Like, for some reason, I keep getting, well, and it's funny, we're, we're going to talk about this later. I, I, I have a couple of, like, scheduled topics because I want to show sort of like what a normal episode of this is going to be like. I keep getting recommended stuff like Man vs. Food by Food Network UK, and it's just like, I've been watching a, a ton of clips of those, and it's effectively the equivalent of watching uh, a full episode by just even watching, like, three of the big challenges that, um... I believe the hosts are, at, at one point it was Adam Richmond, and then at another time it was uh, Casey Webb, uh, seeing what they went through. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting. Uh, let's move on from that. I mean, well, I, I guess I do, I do have one other thing about movies. This is a, a classic quote that anybody who, well, a classic quote from me, at least, uh, anybody who's uh, interacted with me has probably heard me say this. Nine out of ten times, if you ask, if you ever ask me, Brandon, have you seen, uh, I was gonna say X movie, but that's a that's a bad choice of words, and now I've said it anyway, so people can take that out of context. Brandon, 
let's uh, let, let's change that back. Brandon, have you ever seen a Z movie, Y movie? And I'll be like, mm, no. Now, granted, you might pick one that I have seen. It doesn't happen often, but I have seen some films. I just haven't seen a ton of films. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully that's going to change in the future as well. Uh, like I said, my degree is going to be in political science, so uh, that's going to be a topic that we discuss at some point here. Uh, I guess looking at my aspirations with that degree, you know, let's get the, the big one out of the way. I think it would be really cool, really fun, though also <laughs> admittedly incredibly boring, to be a part of each level of government at some point and i don't i don't mean like i want to be in the legislature legislature and the the supreme court no or the 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 executive no i mean like i think it would be neat to be here i am i'm a local politician of some kind now i am at the state level and then eventually when i am old and have white hair and wrinkles on my face now I'm at the federal level, even if that just means I'm like, uh, you know, uh, a congressman that gets elected every two years. I think that'd be really cool. I definitely have things that I want to change about my country, and I am very strong on how I feel about uh, what should change. Uh, that's not to say it's like, ah, oh, no, compromise, compromise, screw compromise. No, I'll, I'll, I'll do some compromising. I definitely am willing to debate about uh, things and why I feel uh, the way I do on certain policies, but that isn't something that's going to be super important to me right at this very second. Especially, you know, because I'm just I'm just completing my degree. Uh, well, really starting my degree. I just finished effectively the first semester, uh, though I have thirty credits. Uh, but I think that's all I really want to discuss about myself. So like I said, at this point, I want to start getting into how these episodes are going to be normally uh, by talking about some of the things that are happening in the world, talking about some uh, general topics. Uh, I'm going to start with a piece. It's not really a piece of news so much as it is uh, just a thing that I want to look at. And then I have a couple of more general topics, one that I have briefly already touched on here, kind of, sort of, not really, um, but that's the uh, last one of the topics I want to get here. So uh, why don't we just get started on that? All right, this is going to be good. All right, let's see. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about, um, like I said, we're in January of 2020, so focusing on some of the upcoming games, uh, the big one that's in my mind is Animal Crossing New Horizons and how it's doing so many new things. So I'd like to do a bit of an overview of uh, the changes in New Horizons, because obviously, you know, just starting this uh, podcast here in January of 2020, I haven't really been able to do any coverage of the news about it up until now. Uh, and I want to start with some of the newer information and uh, go back to some of the information that we've known for a long time about the game uh, since June of 2019. Uh, and I'd like to do this by going over some new screenshots that were 
uh, released from New Year's Day of 2020 uh, by reading the gallery uh, article on uh, NintendoLife.com, which is one of my favorite uh, websites to check when it comes to looking for Switch-related news. I'm looking at the gallery. Nintendo shares more screenshots of Animal Crossing New Horizons article, uh, which I should link down in the description for you if you want to find that easily. Otherwise, just type in Nintendo shares more screenshots of Animal Crossing New Horizons into Google, and that should be one of the first results that pops up for NintendoLife.com. And I really don't want to go over any of the writing on here. I just kind of want to go over some of the screenshots. I've already taken down some notes on some of these, so I'll probably switch between uh, my notes and the screenshots if there's anything that I really think is important to go over. Uh, but looking at the very first picture on here, the big thing is villager customization. There's new skin colors, new noses, new hairstyles. Uh, now, one of the things that um, the article doesn't make clear, uh, but I have done some uh, research that I'm going to go over that I looked at to get some of the information in order about uh, the things that we've known for a while. Uh, one of the things that I was initially confused about is like, okay, new skin colors, noses, hairstyles, but like how, how does that happen? So hi historically for uh, those who haven't played any games in the Animal Crossing series, uh, the way that your villager's appearance worked, well, okay, I guess skin color was already determined for you. Everybody in Animal Crossing was white, but in Animal Crossing New Leaf, the way that you changed skin color was actually by being out in the sun or by using a me mask. So, you know, a me mask is would be uh, when you would, would unlock the hair shop, you can also do makeup, and the makeup would just be to turn your villager's head into that of your me. And, you know, if you are a... Uh, Hispanic player, or a, a, an Asian American player, or a black Animal Crossing player. If you just change the me mask, then your skin tone changes. Otherwise, for some again, for some reason, you had to stay out in the sun, and that. I mean, first scientifically, it doesn't make sense that your skin would, you know, turn black by being out in the sun for very long. But I don't know. It's just kind of silly that you couldn't pick that stuff uh but the way that everything else was determined for you like you're i talked about how there's new noses you could never pick your nose but like the <laughs> you could never pick your nose you could never pick your nose uh shape is really what i mean um but you know your eyes and the hair color and the hairstyle you have to begin with was determined um by questions that you answered in the case of the original animal crossing and in uh, New Leaf, you ask, uh, Rover asks you on the train as you're getting to the village. That determines your appearance. Uh, whereas in Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, you actually design the character. So uh, one of the things that I wasn't sure about when I was first reading this article was, do we get to design our villagers now? And uh, later as I was doing some research on this, um, I checked out the Nookipedia article for New Horizons. So Nookipedia is the... Uh, Animal Crossing wiki that's part of the NIWA, which is basically the, um, I think it's the Nintendo Independent Wiki Alliance, so, like, that's, that's where you get the Super Mario wiki, the, um, ARMS wiki, the 
Inkipedia is the Splatoon wiki, so I'm probably going to check out some of those for information. I know generally you aren't supposed to use like actual Wikipedias as Wikipedia as a source, but I'm just going to tell you. These networks are very, very reliable on the information, plus, I mean, it's a video, it, it, it is a video game. It's, it's not like talking about some scientific actual research topic, so I'm, I'm perfectly fine using a source like Wikipedia. Uh, but one of the things that it immediately clarifies in that article is that we are able to fully customize our villagers out of the gate, including hairstyles and skin tones, which I like, but, you know, if I have the opportunity, I'm not, I'm not, okay, no, I'm not exactly sure. Like, I'm looking at this top screenshot that shows how you can have eight villagers, uh, well, eight people playing in your town at one time, and I'm not sure if I want to go with the super generic villager on the left and the red uh, one t-shirt just because that's the villager that's in Smash Brothers, or if I just want to um, recreate the one that I have uh, in Animal Crossing. Oh, jeez, I'm getting some hiccups. Uh, the ones that I have in Animal Crossing New Leaf um, currently. So, eh, not sure yet. I'll figure that out. Uh, and then I guess moving down on the screenshots, springtime is gorgeous. It is beautiful looking. Um, so looking at the all the non-fruit trees in it, they have cherry blossoms. That's that's why they have the pink leaves, whereas all the fruit trees have the you know normal green leaves, and then and they have the yeah then they have the green or not the green the three pieces of fruit uh, hanging off of them as standard in um, Animal Crossing games. But the really interesting detail in well, all the really interesting details are actually a bunch of those small little things you can pick out in it. Like the fact that the girl, the 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 human girl villager in it, is actually wearing uh, sandals. Now there are there were a couple of pairs of sandals in Animal Crossing New Leaf, uh, but the ones that the girl is wearing appear to be uh, new sandals. And you know, again, just looking at it, you see a lot of the things like um, you have a table outside and a chair, and you have stitches in the background on the bench. Um, you can still see classic details like how the world so one of the things about animal crossing at least starting for sure with new leaf is the world is actually a rolling log um which i think is kind of interesting that's a a neat way of trying to get the world to look like it's completely interconnected but not really at the same time um and then this second screenshot the one in the rain uh, there isn't really anything all that interesting to me in it um, uh, but let's see, let's look at the, I look at the fall one. That one actually, to me, has some pretty interesting details in it that I want to go over. So again, like with the, uh, last screenshot, it's, it's a lot of the little details in the fall one here that are very interesting. Um, I mean, in this screenshot, we have another villager of color. You know, the point is it's a human character that's like, not white, which is great. Animal Crossing needs that diversity, especially because it is a life simulation game. Um, and like with a bunch of other uh, screenshots, I think one of the interesting things is that you can see you can just you can just put furniture on the ground uh, plane, uh, which is a very tiny thing, um, but it's very interesting. So those who played Animal Crossing New Leaf know about things like the public works projects. And the, you know, the way that I always thought about the public works projects is that they're basically furniture for the outdoors. But in this case, you know, I look at stuff like the, uh, in this screenshot, it's the third, excuse me, it's the 
uh, third screenshot, the fallen one, you see stuff like the bucket over by the fence, which is quite literally a piece of furniture that you can place indoors or outdoors. Um, so when I, you know, when I was initially looking at these, again, I was like, wait, so are 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 we unable to place furniture outside as leaves? Because that was one of the things in the original game. Now, granted, you didn't necessarily want to do this, but if you dropped a piece of furniture on the ground, it would just be a leaf. And I don't remember if that's like an option or not. And it's really an inconsequential thing, but I'm just I'm just kind of curious. Um, and then just kind of looking at other stuff in this shot, we have things like. They're the leaf piles on the ground. The villager is uh, in front of one trying to catch a bug, and then there's another leaf pile um, in the background, which I'm not... Th those have never been in Animal Crossing, but I'm not entirely sure what we're going to find in those, uh, whether or not it's going to be just... Uh, because one of the big things about this game is the crafting aspect. I don't know if that's just going to be another thing that we can find crafting materials in, or if we're going to find bells, or maybe the occasional piece of furniture out in the wild, that would be pretty cool. Um, but the thing that, interestingly to me, that the that it seemed like the most players got excited about was, so if you look in the background, the cat character, is, I think her name is Kiki, uh, she's wearing glasses. Um, now we've seen that in, I believe it was in Happy Home Designer, but definitely in uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp villagers were able to wear glasses but never never in a mainline game like this i'm not i don't know how animals will get glasses or like uh maybe they'll be able to have some of the um face facial accessories uh that uh human villagers have been able to have before uh but you know it's interesting to see those sorts of things regardless of um how exactly they're implemented and then uh, we get to the winter screenshot on there, and like with the summer one, there's honestly nothing that's really super interesting in it to me. You know, again, we like there's something like the campfire is outside again, showing how furniture furniture can be outside. Or um, uh, one of the villagers in it, in this image is fauna, and you can tell. So in the original games, villagers were able to wear shirts, um, but it looks like this is a dress that fauna is wearing, which is pretty neat because villagers have been unable to do that before um so like i said i kind of want to look at look want to look at some of the uh broader game details as well so uh that's why i pulled up the nookipedia article for new horizons too and another oh so you know how i i said earlier the article clarifies that we can customize our villagers another thing that it clarifies is that so you could actually place furniture outside in Happy Home Designer, which is true. I, I couldn't tell you why I didn't remember that, but um, I know that was a feature because that was something I did all the time in that game. It was like, ooh, it would be cool to put this thing outside um, for this villager when I was when I was designing some homes for them. Um, let's see. One of the big bullet points on the article is about multiple multiplayer so the fact that an island can support up to eight players at once is huge now to be fair i don't know if i'm gonna ever have more than two players on the same island at one time but for people who know a ton of other animal crossing players that feature is awesome and that's not to say i wouldn't mind having eight players on at one time i just i can't think of a scenario where i'm ever going to have 
more than two players on my island at one time. And then the article also went over um, the villagers, the ones that we've seen, the ones... Well, it doesn't talk about the ones we haven't seen, but it talks about the ones we have seen, some of the special villagers, um, and that they do thing, that the, uh, some of the things they do and the ways that they interact with players. Uh, so, uh, yeah, another another thing, I guess, actually, now looking at this winter screenshot again that uh, Nookopedia points out is villager shirt, like animal villager shirts now have sleeves, which they've never apparently had before. I think it it also talks about how, so sheep villagers they always used shirts as scarves and now they use them as actual shirts i don't know why they bothered changing that it doesn't really matter to me it's neat either way um, another thing that it talks about is that animal villagers eyes and I, I, I think this applies to human villagers too correct me if i'm wrong uh villagers eyes now follow like if they see you coming into into their their line of sight, or if they see a bug or a fish in their line of sight, their eyes will follow them. Which is pretty well, because that's how that's how actual people and animals interact in the real world. It's like, wait, is there that thing there? Let me turn my eyes to that, and then I'll turn my head toward that. Um, which I like that attention to detail to stuff like that. But at the same time, I always wonder. Um, I always wonder how much players actually care about that sort of thing. Which, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, Yeah, it's not something that I really think about when I'm playing, but I can definitely say that when games do have features like that, it's something that I notice a couple times, like, hey, look, are those villagers' eyes following me? Is it watching? The oh, that's pretty neat. Like, I noticed it a couple times, but that's that's usually about it for me. Um... But, you know, if, if other people love that sort of stuff, you know, that's great. More power to them. Uh, it's certainly not a bad thing that they're doing, that they're adding these sorts of features and that, and that technology um, allows it. I just, I don't know if it's super integral. I don't know if it's something that's great or if people love it or if they don't care. Um, it's just kind of interesting. Uh, but the elephant, <laughs> the elephant in the room with this game for me is crafting. So crafting in Animal Crossing New Horizons is a feature that I am torn on. I'm very, very torn on. But a lot of my issues with it might actually come down to the way that I play, though. So looking at crafting, it's something that I've honestly never really liked in games. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reveal a personal fact about me. It's gonna get a lot of younger people and definitely some people at my age going what i never have owned a copy of minecraft and i've never really had any interest in playing it and it's because i just, i don't get crafting like i obviously i get crafting in real life i know there's like you put the metal and you put the wood together and you make a thing but I don't know. It's just, it's not, it's something that's never really appealed to me. Just aimlessly going out to find things to try to make another thing. Now I think it's a little bit better in Animal Crossing because you get the DIY recipes to guide you on how to make things. And I you know obviously, if you have the knowledge of past Animal Crossing games, you know the general sorts of things. Like you know you're gonna make an axe so you can chop down trees. You know you're going to make a shovel you know you're going to make 
a uh, a watering can you know you're gonna make a fishing rod and you know you're going to make a bug catching net like you already know some of that stuff um so in that sense it isn't too bad uh but at the same thing at the same time one of the issues for me and again this is a very personal problem so like I look, i'm looking at all these screenshots at all these screenshots and it's like every area is so populated with like weeds and you know obviously the trees and that's so you can um collect crafting materials and <laughs> i'm so guilty of being like oh like what people call like when you're collecting like a ton of coins in a video game you get called a i mean it's a real word word too but it's you're being a kleptomaniac which is just the idea that like i have to have everything so like i can just foresee myself playing this game and accomplishing nothing but picking every single weed on the ground so i can have as much of any material as possible which is a problem to me because i want to accomplish other things other than just collecting a ton of the materials um but again that that is a very personal me problem with crafting it is not an issue with animal crossing new horizons let me put that out there right now so yeah i mean that's the coverage i have currently for animal crossing new horizons uh, it releases on the 20th of march 2020 exclusively for the nintendo switch because it is a nintendo property i am excited to play it I'm not pre-ordering it though. I do know some people who are going to pre who are pre-ordering it, but I am not one of them. Um, still excited for the game. Very interested to see how these new mechanics work out. Actually, one other thing, uh, kind of bridging, going into the next topic appropriately. One thing that hasn't been talked about with the game is whether or not it is compatible with Animal Crossing amiibo figures or amiibo cards. And I swear, if they're not compatible with Amiibo cards, that's a problem because there's 400, there's like 450, there might be 460 some Animal Crossing Amiibo cards alone, plus like the 18 fig, 18-ish figures. Uh, and people spent a lot of money on those. Today. I'm really hoping they're compatible. Which gets us into my next topic, which is Amiibo. They're kind of, sort of, one of my things. I mean, I can't reach, but, you know, back on my shelf here, I have uh, some of these new amiibo that I got recently, including this one, which is the Legend, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening Link amiibo figure. Um, I also have some other ones back here that I purchased from... Uh, well, I purchased Kram and Incineroar recently just from the store, and uh, Link here and his compatriots, uh, Super Mario Odyssey's Wedding Bowser, Ridley from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and the Ice Climbers in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, I, um, I purchased all of those directly from the N Nintendo store on Nintendo's own website, because, you know, I like amiibo so well actually you know let's just step back i'm sure many people remember the big toys to life craze that uh between 2011 and i want to say it died down more around 2016 uh, and the only toys to life brand that's still around are the ones that i have up there 
um, which is Nintendo's Amiibo line. Now, let me just say, that's not the extent of my... That is not my entire collection. I do have a few... I, well, I have a few of the ones that I have out of the box up here, but um, uh, one thing about me is that um, when I'm at home, I have to switch between parental households, but eventually, once you, you know, once I get my own place, yeah, which is really to say, when I have the money and the roommates who are willing to split money on a place of our own, uh, we'll hope I'll hopefully be able to show off the big, gigantic amiibo shelf I have, and actually, hopefully, I'll be able to move those into a more secure shelf, uh, with more space for me to put even more on there. Uh, anyway, I'm getting off track here and talking about my own, my own Amiibo collection rather than talking about the topic as a whole. Uh, the only Toys to Life brand that is still around in 2020 is the Amiibo line. So uh, let's let's just do a quick little history lesson about um, Toys to Life, even, you know, even just starting with myself. I started with the original Toys to Life product, which is uh, Skylander, starting with Spyro's Adventure on the Wii. Um, and really, you know, looking back on it, the game is really mediocre, but it's, it was also for me when I first got it, it was the rare time that my uncle on my dad's side actually ended up purchasing myself and my sibling a Christmas gift. So as much as I look back on that game and I'm like, oh my goodness, that game was so mediocre and we spent so much money on it. It's still a pretty special thing to me, if only because... That was from a family member who I usually don't ever receive gifts from. So get this, who I don't usually ever receive gifts from. So that was pretty neat. And, you know, I just, I remember, so you, oh, I opened up the, this huge box on Christmas being like, what in the world is this? And inside it, it had the Wii game. It was also on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, uh, if you wanted a copy on there. And the Nintendo 3DS, I actually can't forget that version. Um... But in it, it had the it had the game, the Portal of Power, as it was called, which is basically just the thing that you put the characters on. Um, and then it had a figure for Spyro and two other figures that were um, original characters. Now, at the time, I was, you know, I was 11. And when you're 11, a game like that is awesome. I loved it quite a bit. But the main problem... Uh, with Skylanders that continues for me today with the amiibo you see back there is that I I've always had a collector personality which again you kind of I even kind of discussed that a little bit within uh, my New Horizons talk just now and that is like I need to collect all of the things um, and that that mentality even extends back into my days when I was like four years old with wooden Thomas tank engine trains um yeah, the point is, I've always been a collector. So now we get to Amiibo today. Uh, generally, let's let me just put that out there. I'm I'm gonna try not to do two Nintendo topics in a row normally because I know that people in my audience care about more than more than Nintendo games and stuff like that. Um, but there's actually something that specifically got me thinking about these uh, fun plastic figures again. And one of my favorites, and it's because one of my favorite games, let me, you know, let me just pick it off the shelf here quick. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, got two figures on top of that one. This is the game Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Fantastic game. 
probably my favorite Nintendo Switch game for sure at the moment. Um, if not, it's going to be my favorite during the entire lifespan. Though we might, I don't know, it might be Super Mario Odyssey that ends up being my favorite. I don't have The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, which is probably shocking to many people, but that's beside the point. The point is, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate got me thinking about Amiibo again, because uh, currently, as of the recording of this, um, which I will remind you again, is January 11th, 2020, um... Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is running an Amiibo Tag Team Tournament in its online tourney mode. And the format of this tournament is just a basic, uh, so it's a two-person team, you as the player, and your Amiibo figure. And uh, whichever team gets the most KOs in 2 minutes and 30 seconds wins the match. And then you move on to the next one until you have the winning team so the tournament really isn't anything all that special other than how it lets you and your amiibo play online at the same time which has not happened for super smash brothers before at least as far as i recall i don't know maybe there was something special in super smash brothers ultimate before i know that you can take your amiibo into battle arenas uh, but the thing about the battle arenas is that the amiibo replaces you as the player instead of letting you and the amiibo together so it's like either i can play in the battle arena or for funsies i can send my uh um let me go pick them out over here oh come on either i can play online or my good friend king ddy can play online instead and i mean you know i want king ddy to play online and play against other people but um I also kind of want to play, so that's why this tournament is neat, because I can go on, and DDD can go on, uh, and that's exciting, that's great, I love that, in fact, um, uh, I really hope that this, so this is a special event tourney, I really hope it just ends up being, um, absorbed into, uh, the normal types of tourneys, instead of just being, like, this one-off tournament that we're gonna do one time, ever, and then never again, because that would be very sad, um, but I was very disappointed to learn that while I was playing, that even though I have learning turned on for my good pal DDD here, um, he wasn't actually learning anything. Okay, well, he was learning strategies and techniques from the people who are playing because all of a sudden now he's doing taunting a lot and I've never taunted against this amiibo before. But, you know, players who I'm playing with online were, so that's probably why he's taunting now. Um, so he learns, but he doesn't actually gain experience points. And so, like, when I started the tournament, this DDD was at, like, level 43. Um... And, you know, now he's at level 50, and I'm still in the middle of the tournament, but it's just kind of disappointing, because it would just be nice if it would gain experience online still. Anyway, so, Amiibo, am I right? Uh, like with all the other Toys to Life ideas, I think they're pretty neat in some ways, but also not so neat in some others. Um, and so far, there are four... Um, Toys to Life game brands that have been out so far, and those include Skylanders, which I already talked about, uh, Disney Infinity, Lego Dimensions, and Amiibo. And, you know, I, honest to goodness, even keeping my own personal bias about, like, but the, I have so much nostalgia around the, the, the Nintendo games, and it's my favorite. Even keeping that in check, 
I have to say that I'm not surprised that out of all the Toys to Life brands that has stayed alive, that Amiibo is the only one that is still in production today. So uh, I guess I just want to start by going briefly over, and I mean briefly over, um, each of these brands here. I highly encourage, if you can, um, I haven't, you know, I haven't done this yet, but I would very much recommend looking up uh, a more comprehensive history of Toys to Life on YouTube. Uh, let me just see here if I can find uh, an example of a good, uh, a good video. Uh, oh, it's hard because I, <laughs> I haven't watched any of these yet. But I would look at so like one of the videos I see on here about Toys to Life is. Uh, no, I don't know about that one. Uh, it looks like there's a, there's a bunch by this guy named Kodok on here about like. The Fate of Toys to Life, released two years ago, or, um, uh, what's another one? Uh, he has, oh, he has one on The Fate of Amiibo in particular. Um, there's a couple on here about Starlink, Battle for Atlas, which kind which is like Ubisoft sort of thing. Um, I have that game. I have a physical copy of it with the, uh, the Star Fox, uh, well, this is the Nintendo Switch version. And really, I mostly wanted it because the R-Wing looks pretty, pretty, pretty cool to me. Um, uh, but yeah, well, yeah, and this Kodak guy also has a Disney Infinity retrospective. So it looks like um, Toys to Life is kind of his thing to cover. It looks like that's what he's excited about. So I'd recommend uh, looking into those videos. But um, hopefully I'll be able to give you a better uh, idea at some point when I've viewed more of these and i'm sorry this is, kind of, this is kind of an unprofessional thing at the moment to be saying is like well i haven't really watched these but uh you should look into other stuff but i can't really give you a recommendation uh, the point the point i'm trying to make here is i'm going to give you a super brief look at why these brands are gone right now um so looking at skylander skylanders is the originator so with the original game super popular you could even argue with a sequel skylanders giants that it continued to ride on the popular momentum that it had um but then skylanders just kept going and going and going yearly it was a yearly release from 2011 until god last one was in 2016 uh but it also uh, the last entry was also released on the nintendo switch as a launch title in 2017 um it was Skylander Spire's Adventure, Skylander's Giants, Skylander's Swap Force. Oh, God. Skylander's Superchargers is the fourth one, I think. And then... Oh, jeez. I can't, I can't even remember. I don't know if there was a f fifth one. Oh, Skylander's Trap Team. That's the one I was forgetting in the middle there, I think. It was Trap Team. Uh, let me let me just make sure I'm not missing any more before I go on here. Let me let me check out here on Wikipedia. Oh, I had them right. So yeah, Spire's Adventure was the 2011. Giants was 2012. Swap Force was 2013. Then Trap Team was 2014. Then it was Superchargers in 2015. And then... The last one was Skylanders Imaginators in 2016. 
Uh, but then, you know, there's been a bunch of, like, mobile spin-off-y releases. So, great. That's grand. Um, but so the problem that Skylanders had that it kind of circumvented with the first game, because really the real draw it for any, you know, non-like little kid for Skylanders Spyro's Adventure is because it's Spyro's Adventure. You know, people played the game because it was a Spyro game. Because the problem is it's full of a lot of the original character do not steal type creations. You know, it's like everyone's interested in Spyro. The people who are really into Spyro are interested in, I think the character in it was Cinder, who was from like the Legend of Spyro series. And then later on, like way later on, they added Crash Bandicoot and Dr. Neo Cortex from the Crash Bandicoot series. Like those are the characters that the general public, the general gaming public is interested in. But how many people are going to care about like, you know, generic creature one and generic creature two, like all these okay i guess i should say they're not necessarily unimaginative but if they don't already have a game that people are interested in attached to them there's really no draw to collecting the other figures especially because they kept releasing more and more and more and more characters that people don't know anything about on top of which so between the original release and the second release, I'm pretty sure, so Spyro's Adventure had like 32 characters, and then Gwen Giants came out, so they added all the giants, and then they added one new character to each series, and they made brand new figures for every single character, except for one from the original series. They didn't bring back one character from the original series, but they also made like another version be like one that lights up when you connect it. It was a mess. And then they made more for Swap Force. Not just the new ones, but again, more re-releases of the other ones. And then they made more. Now at this point, I'm pretty sure with Trap Team and Beyond, they stuck to pretty much just uh, new characters. But I could be wrong because um, I didn't follow them. I didn't follow the game Beyond Giants. I was like, oh, I want to play Giants. Because I, you know, I enjoyed the um, original game, but... Uh, I didn't really care beyond then, to be honest. Like, I I started the game, and I was like, oh, this isn't nearly as fun as the original for some reason. I I just couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, let's see. Let me let me you know, let me. Uh, look at this article here. You know, since I have it up, figures. Uh, the second game. Do 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 do. Uh, the second game, the Giants, and then there's Series 2 that have an exclusive upgrade called a Wow Pow Power. Uh, oh no. Oh man, my editor's gonna have to put something unique in here because movie recording is stopped automatically. Hold on, let me pause this for a moment and work with the camera, and then we'll get back to talking about Skylanders. Yeah, so with... Okay, so, I don't know, we'll figure out what's going to go over that uh, bit there. Hopefully I don't have to get up too many more times while I'm doing this, and hopefully the camera doesn't keep changing, but I'm sure that's going to be annoying to the editor, whether it be myself or it be someone else who's doing this. 
yeah, well, 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 figure it out. It's going to be fine. This is the first episode. Things aren't going to go so well in the first episode. That's why I'm only only really going over three stuff and like some basic uh, three topics and like some basic intro-y things. But yeah, uh, so looking at the topic, I was talking about how uh, there are figures. There were, oh, it doesn't say how many figures were in the first group, um, but it says for giants, there were eight giants eight new core characters, so I guess eight, so it's eight original characters, 24 reposed characters, eight light core figures, three magic items, and four sidekicks, and then with Swap Force, there were 16 Swap Force Skylanders, 16 new core characters, 16 reposed figures, so you see, they just kept growing and growing and growing and growing, but, you know, again, how many people are going to, how many people are going to care when, the main reason they bought into the original was for Spyro. Or for Spyro and Cinder. Right? Right? So that's really the main problem that Skylanders had, is there's only so much interest in these original characters, and there's only going to be so much interest that kids are able to get out of it, especially because they can only spend so much money on the figures. Now, the second one that came out was Disney Infinity, and that one was this one was actually kind of surprising to me, because, I mean, it's Disney. Like, you know, they have, appropriately enough, actual Scrooge McDuck amounts of money, and it definitely seemed like Disney Infinity had some popularity, but it, it, it never, ever reached the craze that Skylanders had when the first game came out. You know, it, it never got especially super popular. Like, honestly, I don't think I actually knew anyone who had Disney Infinity. And again, that's not to say it didn't sell, sell any copies, but it's like, you know how easy it was, or even arguably still is, to find like a $5 copy of the game at the store and just find, or well, at uh, like a used $5 no figures or anything copy at like GameStop. And, like, you can just find tons and tons and tons of the figures if you go to your local game store. Or even, well, probably more likely your local toy store. You'll just find, like, a whole case full of them there. Because people don't want the figures. And, again, that's surprising to me because it's Disney. People love Disney. But I guess it just isn't as popular in uh, video game format. And then we get to LEGO Dimensions. And, really, my commentary on it is very similar. But instead of being about... Uh, Disney properties, Lego Dimensions was about a whole bunch of different properties. So there's like Scooby-Doo, Back to the Future, The Simpsons, The Wizard of Oz of all things. Um, but the really interesting thing about it is that it was a Lego. So you, so you actually built their little minifigures and little tiny little like a tiny mystery machine. There was a Sonic one. You got to build, build a tiny Sonic car and build a tiny little Sonic mini guy and you put them in the game, and they worked, and you did the scenarios with them. So, again, I feel like that one, I feel like the publisher knew it really wasn't going to be all that popular because they knew they were going to make more LEGO games regardless of LEGO Dimensions, but it was definitely an interesting concept because, again, it's it's LEGO. People love LEGOs. I feel like it should have been more successful if only because of that because, you know, you still get a LEGO figure out of it. So, I don't know. I really couldn't tell you why these things lived or died. They just, I could just tell you that that's pretty much what happened here. And finally, we get to Amiibo. So why am I surprised that out of all the ones 
These are the ones that lasted. And it's pretty simple. The characters are iconic. And that's actually why I'm surprised that Disney Infinity and Lego Dimensions really didn't last that long. Because Amiibo has the benefit to it that anyone would love to have... Uh, uh, anyone wants a tiny Mario. Anyone wants, appropriately enough, a tiny Link figure that they can use in Smash Brothers, right? And then you also have the fans that want your, uh, hmm, let's just see here. Uh, we'll go over here. Uh, oh, come on. You'll get your fans like me, who, like I said, had one of his first games be Donkey Kong Country, who wants his King K. Rule figure because he loved Donkey Kong Country. But the general public probably doesn't really know who King K. Rule is, but they might be might be interested in him if they like him in Smash Brothers, but that's about it. But to me, really, the extra X factor that Amiibo has compared to all of these other figure-based platforms is that Amiibo can be used in a ton of games. Now, granted, all of your... So if you still had Skylanders from the first original green base series... You could still use them all the way up to the last game, but any of the ones that were brand new in the brand new series, you can't, they can't go backwards, is the thing. So anything old can go forward, but you could never go backward in it. So, in a way, so some are compatible with other games, but for the most part, they're really not compatible because you can only, oop, hit the microphone, you can only go forward. And then the same thing with Disney Infinity, too. It's like you can only... Any figures that were compatible in 1.0 are compatible in 2.0, which are compatible in 3.0, but not going backward, and they're not compatible with any other game because they're made for Disney Infinity. Lego Dimensions was just its, was just its own game, so there's really nothing to comment on here. But you know how I mentioned a Mario Amiibo? You can use that in, like, 15 different games or something. Now, granted again, also... You can only save one game's worth of data to this amiibo. So, you know, DDD that I had up there that I pulled out, and now uh, K. Rule, who I pulled down here, I can only have Smash Brothers data saved to them unless I get a third party accessory that lets me take uh, data that I have saved to this amiibo figure and uh, upload it to my computer. But then I have to go through and like get on my computer every single time I want to switch and be like, oh, can I put my K. Rule Smash Brothers back on here? Okay, I'll put that on there. I mean, not that K. Rule is uh, savable for anything else, but you know, for something like Mario that's usable in like it seems like a ton of different games. Maybe I want to have some Mario Party 10 data on it, but I also want my Smash Bros. on it. But uh, what I can't trans—I can transfer all of my Smash for Wii U amiibo that I have leveled up to level 50, but now they're only going to be level 12, which is annoying. <sighs> so maybe I just want to restart with them, but I don't want to lose that level, all that work I did to get them to level 50 in the Wii U game, right? That's annoying. But I can still use that Mario Amiibo for read-only stuff in Mario Kart 8 slash Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Super Mario Party and, you know, like, God. Oh, jeez, can he? Uh, no, I think it's read-write for uh, Paper Jam, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. Uh, but 
the point is, I can read it. Oh, Yoshi's Holy World, that's another one you could just read only. And Yoshi's Crafted World, for that matter. The point is, I can use that one figure in so many games. Whereas... All those, whereas like, you know, Skylanders and Disney Infinity, I can only use those in like four games and they have to be in the same series and they can't go forward. So Amiibo has the benefit that people who care exclusively about using them for in, for their intended use can buy one figure of the character and be all happy with it. And everybody's like, yay, I can use... I can use my Samus in all of these things. That's great. But then you also are able to please people like me who like Nintendo games as a whole and who like collecting things. Because it's like, I, could, I can collect them all if I want. Now, granted, I'm not going to collect, to collect every single Amiibo because there's like a dozen or so characters. I'm like, eh, I, why do I need Solera Vistora? I don't care about Dark Souls. Why do I need the Monster Hunter one? Oh, that's right. I don't need the Monster Hunter ones because I don't want to play Monster Hunter stories. It's not to say those games are bad. They're just not games I want to play. And if I don't want to play the game, I don't really need the amiibo associated with it. And that's fine. Uh, it's really and it's really that simple. So you know that, I, that's all I have to say about amiibo at the moment. There are definitely a lot of other things I could comment on about them, um, especially, like, oh my god, just even think about some things like the, the uh, stocking problems they had. That That's going to be a topic probably of its own uh, completely. But I think I'm ready to move on to the last topic I have for this sec uh, session, which is the one that I briefly touched on earlier, which is internet recommendations are weird so um let's see let me, let me just pull it out to show off to everyone here i have an android cell phone here uh specifically i have a google pixel 2 uh one of the features that i actually quite enjoy on it is being able to just swipe left to see a list of news articles read uh i would imagine that ios has a similar feature but uh i, I don't have an apple device and I'm not really an Apple person. I have a PC sitting right in front of me with my articles on it, not or with my notes on it, not a Mac, because Apple's not really my thing. Nothing wrong with Apple products. I just prefer, I, I've just always, again, kind of like how I had the Super Nintendo as my very first console, and then the, like, the only uh, other console my, per my parents ever bought uh, not including the DS, though, specifically for me, was the PlayStation 2. Obviously, I have a lot more nostalgic connection to Nintendo, and the same thing is, like, they only ever had a Windows PC. I never interact. The only time I ever used Macs were at school, and then, I don't know, I mean, Apple's okay. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like it as much as Windows, but that's a personal preference. I just happen, my family just happened to have a Windows computer. Um, and, uh, so one of the, like I said, the, I really enjoy at least on my on my Android device. Getting back to the main topic at hand, um, just being able to look left and have a bunch of news articles to read, and obviously there's some like important privacy concerns to discuss when it comes to features like that. Um, usually we think about how uh, Google uh, tracks our searches in order to advertise to us, but that same sort of technology uh, is true and used in how Google is able to recommend news articles to us. And I'm just 
I'm going to put it out there right now. I would be significantly happier if Google would not sell my information to advertisers to make money off of me because I value my privacy. But I also can't say that having articles recommended to me on things I'm interested in isn't convenient. But at the same time, I would definitely take the time to find news about things I care about if it means not being tracked, you know? Like, I, you know, I know I'm going to go to, like I said, I brought up Nintendo Life earlier. I know I'm going to go to them to read about the next couple things that are happening for Switch News because they're going to tell me what I want to know. I know I know to go to, um, yeah, go to the New York Times to uh, look up what's happening in terms of foreign policy and in terms of economic policy, even though I don't necessarily agree with their coverage because they do definitely. We'll talk about you know, the Overton window. We'll talk about it later. Not relevant right now. Point is, I can find things if I really want to. I just don't want to be tracked to get things recommended to me. Um, but this topic, and actually it's funny, this particular topic was discussed quite a bit in the communication arts class that I uh, took in the first semester. So there's really a lot more I could say about like uh, the uh, and commentaries on like loss of privacy, but it's probably better to leave that for a uh, specific, like dedicated, here's how we're losing privacy now because big tech uh, you know, later down the line. But uh, the point is, I just get, like, the strangest recommendations on Google in and in other places. Like, I brought up, I get recommended stuff on YouTube. I got Man versus Food for some reason. It's great. I, I, I actually found myself quite enjoying it, so I'm not upset about it, but I don't know why I got it. I, I keep getting all this Gordon Ramsay stuff, and I'm I know his channel has, like, 13 million subscribers, but, like, and I, it's not that I hate watching stuff. I, I I enjoy watching it here and there. But it's just like, why? Why am I getting Gordon Ramsay stuff uh, recommended to me when I'm you know watching stuff like, um, like some Call Me Johnny reviews and like, uh, what's another good thing to watch? Oh, you know, just some like Game Explain news or um, even like uh, secular talk. None of those. None of those, none of those things are similar to either of those examples that I've been recommended. I got nothing wrong with them. They're great. I'm, I'm perfectly fine watching them, but there's, there's nothing remotely similar about them. Or another thing is like the only social media platform that I use, I mean, you could argue YouTube is a social media platform, um, but I, I think of it more of a content creation platform. But, you know, we're not, we're now we're really like splitting hairs. The only like social, socially social media platform I use is Reddit because I like to connect with people around um, particular topics. Because the thing about stuff, I, I mean, you know, I'll definitely talk about my philosophy on social media in a future episode here, but the thing about, one of the things about platforms like Twitter is that I feel like a lot of it is just like, I'm talking into the void and hoping someone who happens to like what I like is going to see what I have to say, and that's not nearly as easy as just like, hey, let me go find, let me go find r slash Klonoa for people who care about Klonoa like I do. Wow, I found all these people who care about Quinoa. Let me connect with them on like, their interests, the, the things that I happen to be interested in with them, right? It lets me find other people who immediately care about what I have to say. 
Um, anyway, so it's like, even though I haven't joined any communities similar to them at all, I keep getting recommended to join communities like r slash egg IRL or r slash on egg underscore IRL and r slash me underscore IRLGBT, which now before I move forward, particularly because I know that this is a very, that like me bringing up those particular two ones is very sensitive. I should clarify that there's nothing wrong as far as I know with these subreddits. I'm sure they're full of great people who are interested in LGBT issues and want to express themselves as, uh, in the case of like egg IRL, it's about being transgender and like coming out and like being like, I'm in this egg and I'm coming out of my shell to be what I really am. I think I'm getting, that's the impression I get just based on like the little tiny things I see in my phone is like, this is what that post looks like it's about. Um, but I'm not LGBT in any sense of the word. Like, again, nothing wrong with them. That's just, I don't know why I'm getting recommended them when I haven't connect, uh, joined any communities that are similar to it. Like, I'm, like I, I'm part of r slash Ace Attorney, and I brought an r slash, uh, I brought up Secular Talk. That is one I'm a part of, um, because... Ace Attorney is my favorite game series, and I do like um, Secular Talk with Kyle Kalinske. Um, you know, regardless of political leanings, I, I like his um, his styling and some of the like uh, political strategies he talks about. I do agree with his politics, but we're not that that's not really important right here, right now. Um, I just I don't know why I'm getting, why I'm getting a bunch of these LGBT communities, and I don't have any like similar, you know communities that i'm already a part of again nothing wrong with them i will i'm gonna really hammer that nail there's nothing nothing wrong with them they are great i'm just i am a the definite i am the most basic most basic boring straight cisgendered white guy you can find out there so it's it's just a little a little odd to me that i'm getting these recommendations and now looking at stuff like my google news it's the same thing it's like i get so many articles from like fox news or fox business and i can't i can't figure out why it's like i don't have any interest in reading fox news or fox business especially because they're oh fox news oh, they're so not news jeez oh, i already probably just made a bunch of people angry just by saying that anyway but I also get, like, a ton of news about things like, what's happening with the royal family? Or something about, like, this rand, like, what's happening with Leonardo DiCaprio? Or even things like the movie Joker. I, I just assume, kind of, that I get those things because I think uh, Google assumes that everybody wants to read about those things because they're so popular. Uh, it's, again, it's just... I don't really care about what's happening with the real family because they don't actually have much of any actual political power, but for some reason they're still, like, revered. I don't, I mean, like, I'll sometimes click on something that just is, like, so ridiculous that it's like, hmm, that looks interesting to read, but in the long run, in the long run, like, I don't, I don't really care about what happens with this particular star, this movie, if I haven't already seen it. And 
you know, it's not that, again, it's not that I don't, like, get random interesting articles from time to time. Like, uh, recently I got one about how a new bird species was discovered in Indonesia. Uh, it was an article by the New York Times. Or how Taco Bell, Taco Bell, of all companies, is going to offer $100,000 salaries and paid time off for restaurant managers. Uh, that was an article in the LA Times. That is huge. That, I, I love that. I, I I don't know. I just find a bunch of strange articles uh, popping up in my Google News and like some things that like, don't make sense for me to see in my Reddit and just odd stuff coming up on YouTube. And I just figured that's all something we could relate to. So I wanted to make it a topic on here because it's, it's something I've been thinking a lot about recently. So, well, that's three topics. Let me just, let me just check the audacity file. Cause that's the, th that's the only thing that's been consistently recording here. I, I don't know. I'm going to eventually need to get my own dedicated camera that can just hopefully record in one big straight file. I don't know if that's even possible. If someone knows, please let me know. Ooh, we're pushing like an hour and a half here. I am impressed and proud of myself for this very first episode. Um, but you know, I, I I think I think I'm about ready to wrap this first experience up. So, uh, yeah, that that this this has been fun. I'm excited to do this again. Uh, really, I found I mean I haven't gotten in post, into post production yet. That's gonna be uh, interesting. Obviously, if you're seeing this, I have finished post production. Wow! But currently, as I'm recording this, I haven't. Um, the thing that's taken me the longest so far is really pre-production. It's like, uh, what do I find? What do I want to talk about? I mean, fortunately, with the next one, the intro is going to be super easy because it's just going to be like, hey, I'm me. What are some things that are happening in my everyday life I want to comment on? You know, they're like, you know, I just had this thing happening. It was kind of strange, but like, you know, I just, I just thought it was interesting. Anyway, let's move on to what we're going to talk about. Um... I don't know if I should do if I should stay with the three topics. I think it just kind of worked out this time because I did have a very long intro of like, who am I? What are some things I want to do? Um, what are the goals of the show? So I'm thinking I'm going to need to do like I think next time I'm just going to add one more, do four. Might that might end up being a shorter podcast then. Um, uh, so if that ends up if it ends up looking around like an hour, forty five minutes to an hour, that's I mean that's fine, that's great and all, but if I can push ninety minutes, that'll be also just as awesome in my opinion. Um, so yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thank you for listening, folks. Um, if you can, please do all of the typical media things. Your yeah, your likes, your your comments, maybe a subscription sort of thing. Uh, I'm probably not at the end of these going to ask for that sort of thing. I don't know. It's just like I figure that if you're like if you want to do that, you're already going to do that. You're already inclined to do that to do that. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, if people don't find it annoying and they want me to do that, I guess I can say that at the end of every episode. I just figured I should for this first episode. Um, so, yes, uh, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, um, and I look forward to joining you folks in future episodes of the Creative Outlet Podcast, the COP, the COP, I don't know, what's better, COP, COP, 
Maybe I need to do a poll on that as we get uh, further along. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to call it either or as I'm going along um, in these first couple episodes. So, okay, folks, I will see you next time. Thank you for listening. This is Brandon Pudwell signing out.